Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast, starring me, Diggs. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast is powerful, and speaking of powerful, the man with no plan, Johnny Rage. Welcome, one and all. Diggs, it's, uh, I got kind of a joke here. I might have to explain it to you, but it's so cold outside today. How cold is it? I actually have my hands in my own pockets and if anybody has seen me the last time i've been actually able to force my hands into my pockets it's been about 20 good years you know what i'm talking about right thanks you still rocking the button fly no i haven't done button fly in a while when they started becoming so tight and those buttons started popping off and became weapons it was time to get rid of them you know what i mean weaponize your jeans do you know what I mean, though, by when was the last time you actually saw the, the tips of your feet or actually put your hands in your pockets because your pants are so tight? The pockets are just meaningless when you reach 250 plus, aren't they? Why is hands in your pockets unprofessional? You always say, get your hands out of your pockets. <laughs> I was watching that. Uh, I love this court show on the Facebook. It's this old judge. Um, judge, what is his name? I forget. But anyway, anytime you approach the judge... That's the first thing they say, hands out of your pocket. Like it is disrespectful to a judge to be standing there. I don't know if they're fearful. You could pull out a weapon at some point or there is a disrespectfulness to that. Yeah. I was, so, I got, I got pulled over the other night. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the cop says, get out of the car. I'm like, all right, whatever. And they go, show me your hands. And then an, apparently jazz hands is not what he meant. <laughs> Johnny rage. Welcome. Welcome new Hello. fans. This is a powerful pop culture podcast where we talk about everything mm-hmm. that has to do with pop and soda. Welcome mm-hmm. OGs. Welcome new fans. Quick question, Diggs. Um, here in the Minnesota tundra where we broadcast this wonderful podcast, we are pro- we're about minus eight right now. Now I have felt both extremes being a resident of Minnesota. I've felt as cold as minus 35 but I've also been in the Southern hemisphere of the great United States of ours of the 48 contiguous. And I have experienced 108 degrees. If you had your choice, what would you rather be faced with on a more regular basis? The extreme heat or the extreme cold? That's a powerful question. Is it funner to cool off or warm up? That's what you have to ask yourself. Well, that's an individual question. That's what I'm asking you. Ask. I would say, Hot weather. You would prefer to, you like the hot weather more than the the extreme, you like the extreme heat versus the extreme cold. I would say some like it hot, as the power station says. I'm going with heat. Some like it hot when the heat and the... 
the wasn't um, that powerful drumming in that song oh that was that was just totally power um don't you think dags the clothes are cooler in the cold weather you get to wear cool jackets you get to wear cool hoodies that you love so much there's there's like john there's like there's like john wayne uh gear we can put on and just feel really warm and cuddly you are correct on that that Cold weather gear is cool. Mm-hmm. And speaking of gear and merch, I'm going to need you guys to go to AmishBabyMachine.com and check out our powerful merch. Powerful hoodies, different types of hoodies, zipper hoodies, classic hoodies, powerful shirts, powerful stickers, mugs. Powerful. Everything we have on that merch store is powerful. And I'm going to need you to go to it, AmishBabyMachine.com. And buy some merch. Every merch piece you buy helps this powerful podcast. We are an indie podcast. We need your help. But going back to merch and clothes and hoodies and stuff, I agree with you, Johnny Rage. The cool weather lets you wear cool clothes. Well, I'm still pissed that the Amish Baby Machine merch doesn't include the loincloth yet. When is that going to be unveiled? I'm working on it. I have people, powerful sweatshops overseas are working on our merch. And soon we will have the loincloth. Okay. I'm joking about sweatshops. They have air, they have air conditioning now. <laughs> uh, well, Dags, we're back in action. Um, I saw a couple of movies that I'd love to talk about. You talked about this one. I didn't get a chance to see it at the time. You saw it. You actually reviewed it. That was one of the days I was um, on assignment, and I couldn't be with you, and you had Dan Simon in studio. Powerful. Yeah. And that movie was the Joker. I saw it for the first time. I went to the blue box, excuse me, the blue box. (laughs) I went to the red box and I watched it this past week. And I I don't know if you want to get into that right away or not, but I really want to talk uh, Joker movie. We have the Joker and you saw underwater also, correct? I did. Yes. I saw that last night. Uh, First time I've been back to a movie theater. Boy, did it feel good. Um, you know, the, the reason to go to a movie theater is, isn't so much, yeah, I can get it from the red box, but you get to see the previews and what's coming. And uh, not a lot I saw yesterday that that Gretel movie looks pretty good. You know, the Hansel and Gretel, they always have to change things. They can't leave it the same, but Gretel and Hansel is coming out. Um, the Boy 2. Did you ever see the first one? Boy? The Boy. Refresh our memory of the um, it was about It was about a couple that was looking for a nanny. And when the nanny came to interview for the job, she found out that it was actually to be a nanny of a doll. And she's like, boy, this couple's paying me a lot of money. They're flipped out. She just thought they were crazy and weird, but she took the job anyway. And then that leads to suspense, drama, and of course, horror from that point forward. Well, now I saw yesterday they come out with a boy too, um, which looked fairly good. Uh, I thought the first one was, uh, it was okay, but, um, that's coming out. Uh, there's an, uh, DC is coming out with Harlequin. That one didn't look all that good. Are you a big fan? Diggs? Negative. Yeah. But that, is, and then, that does tie into the Joker, but go ahead. Yeah. And then you also had Marvel making an attempt with the new mutants coming out. I think in May, uh, didn't do much for me. I don't know if I marveled out or not, but it, again, they're only trailers. 
But anyway, I saw underwater. We'll talk about that and other various useless topics we'll get into as well, I'm sure, over the course of the next however long we do this. And the topic I want to talk about is our powerful social media. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Powerful YouTube. Enjoy that, please. And speaking of that, social media, TikTok. Guess who's on TikTok? Hello. Don't tell me. You're doing a, a dance in a in a Amish baby machine loincloth on TikTok. I told you I have distribution problems on the loincloth. I don't know why you okay. bring that up all the time. It's a it's a sensitive subject. It covers sensitive areas, the powerful loincloth. Yes, uh, Amish Baby Machine, the most powerful podcast ever created. I fired up the TikTok. Nice. I, got I couple, can't wait. A couple videos it. up there. Really? Yes. This is news breaking. I mean, I don't know if you've even told me this. TikTok started as Musical.ly. It was a app for the kids to sing duets, powerful music, lip sync. And then it turned into TikTok, basically for the young kids. But now old people are on there. They're going to ruin it. That's what my daughters say. Old people ruin Facebook. They're gone from it. So we can put meatloaf recipes on TikTok now. Is that, but we have to do it. We have to sing when I we do it. I can't do anything for love, but I won't eat meatloaf. Poor meatloaf fell off the stage. No, Post Malone did. No, I know, but meatloaf just fell off the stage. He's not doing well. When did he fall off this? What's up with the stage and people falling? Here's the deal. What is the deal with stages? People perform on stage. They want to be free. They want to walk around, kind of like Chris Rock, you know, when he paces back and forth and does his stand-up. You oh. don't know, Chris Rock. That's all I got for Chris Rock. <laughs> that kind of sounded like more um, uh, the guy from Minnesota, the, the hey, you used to be the... Yeah, that was more of that than Chris Rock. What's okay, here, here's the deal. You want to do um, Minnesota? Yeah, and on TikTok, and it's Minnesota, yeah. What's the deal with that? Now, I you're on the Facebook. There's this one guy that always does the Midwest accent. Mm-hmm. Why is that? We don't speak like that, do we? Yeah. Well, I, any anytime uh, you do an impersonation of somebody, you kind of do that caricature version of it. So you take kind of nuances, but you... You you like make it worse than what it really is. To, that's the funny part about yes, it. Yes, you exaggerate. You exaggerate. But I feel that. we should. I feel we should embrace it. I mean, British people they have powerful, powerful British accents. We love it. The Australia, who says we love it? Who says I we do? Love it? Who doesn't love British accents? I hired powerful British actors to perform on this show. Warning: the following podcast powerful. We love the British. We love Australian voices. Why is that? I don't know they're why such that is. friendly, powerful people. Mm-hmm. And they're the best on infomercials. They always have to say your name, repeat your name all the time, too. What's that, Diggs? Exactly. But it's like, oh, we have this powerful blender here. <laughs> That's my powerful Australian accent. And there's always going to say, John, John. Now, let me tell you, John. They always have to repeat the name. No, I Diggs. think it's powerful. I think it's powerful hypnosis, much like a. You do that, right? I have $100, How about $400? Sold it for $400. The guy went over there. Hey, Diggs, I got a question for you. 
by the way, some people say, Hey, how do you know how, what's the training for becoming an auctioneer? I do some auctioneering on the side as you just saw me roll with right there. Do you we know what the we didn't see you. We're, we heard you. We heard you. Sorry. But see, that's the problem. Why are we not on YouTube? My beauty, my wellness should be cast to everybody. Um, but to become an auctioneer, it's real simple. Take a whole handful of marbles, okay? Put them in your mouth. And then say, bid, I want to buy one. And if you can say that successfully, spit out a marble, okay? Go through this process until you lost all your marbles and then you're an auctioneer (laughs) are the kids still playing marbles oh i'm sure there's some new video game version of it somewhere it's called uh um battlefield or it's called uh your game that you always play that's the new marbles no i'm talking about actual glass marbles how about jacks? Is that part of marbles too? Is that the same thing? The cool thing about jacks is that they're actual anti-personnel weapons also. Oh, I know. My goodness gracious. I've always said that. Yeah, you know, the little kids, print- the kids are always talking about, ooh, stepping on Legos. Well, step on mm-hmm. some jacks, Jack. Right. Exactly. Powerful uh, marbles uh, in the 80s, powerful video game, Marble Madness. Way ahead of its time. Incredible game. Diggs, I want to go back a moment here. You're, you're talking about Australians, how they say your name. When are you conversing with Australians is my question to No, you. I'm saying on the infomercials. If you notice, they oh. always repeat the host's name all the time. John, okay. I thought, John. I thought you, had, you were part of the secret society that just knew these Australians and you were hanging out without me and you're just doing things. I, I just. I love the Australians. And I love you, Johnny Rage. And I love Aww. the fans. The flock Aww. of Amish. Aw. Powerful. Do you want to get into your movies, Johnny Rage? Yeah, I do. I really, I have um, um, a grind axe with this Joker business. And I feel, I feel like we can really tear it apart. When you spoke about it, you went opening week or maybe the day of. Well, you didn't want to do, spoil the entire movie, so we had to sit quietly here over the course of weeks and watch it rack up some awards, golden globe awards. I know it won that could possibly with, uh, walk on Phoenix or Phoenix walk on all over me. could, could end up actually with an Oscar over this whole deal. Do you agree with that assessment digs? Joaquin Phoenix, same thing. Walking in Phoenix, walking on top of Phoenix. I'm walking on Phoenix. Oh, it's starting to feel good. Wendy Williams got in trouble. Making oh fun of uh, his look. You know, he has a cleft palate. Yeah. So she said he was oddly attractive. And she had to apologize. Wendy Williams, the talk show host? Correct. Because there are some things that we could certainly make fun of, of the old wonder, wonderful Wendy. Yes, a but couple things. A couple things, yeah. But, but she apologized to the cleft community. No. Those apologies that people make, it's it's very common, especially for a, a politician. They've been caught in the act of maybe a, a marital affair. Wrong. Or, huh? Wrong. What do you mean? That was Trump. Wrong. Oh, thank you. I'm like, whoa. Um, but. So when they're caught in the act, they always come out at a press conference and they apologize to the community, to their family, to their wives. You know, these guys aren't sorry for it. They just got busted. How often has somebody came out when they weren't caught and done the apology? So the apology, 
like Wendy Williams. That doesn't mean anything. She said what she felt and it upset some people. So she's like, Oh, for PR purposes, we better apologize. No, she doesn't mean that. Do you take that as a word, that apology? I don't, I'm not accepting it. You don't have to. Thank you. It's just like the golden globes of uh, Ricky Gervais. He didn't apologize. He sh- and he shouldn't. He shan't. Shan't. They knew what they were getting. Mm-hmm. But did you know what you were getting when you watched The Joker? Powerful segue. Powerful callback to The Joker. Tell us about The Joker. Tell the fans. Tell the flock of Amish. Well, I mean, if you haven't heard about it by now, you certainly have been under a rock. But it was DC's attempt for how many times to portray the villainous Joker the arch nemesis of Batman. Um, very unusual though for them, for DC. I know Marvel has done a ton of this where they've introduced characters as standalone, but generally, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Dags, DC, not, not usually, um, doing a, a, a movie about one particular villain without Batman presence. Is that a fair assessment? That's fair. Okay. So here they, uh, of course, Heath Ledger, a lot of people compare most Jokers to his performance. Uh, matter of fact, you're a Joker. I perform, I compare you to Heath Ledger. Joker, days. Joker, Joker. Um, so I, I don't get a chance to get to the movies for some reason. I'm on a, I'm on a little dry run, so I have to watch it on the uh, Redbox. So D, so actually, I downloaded it. That's another thing I like about Redbox. You you don't have to actually physically go to the Redbox. That's how lazy this we're all getting. We don't want to do anything anymore. We need like DoorDash for movies too. You know that, what I'm saying? That reminds me, I'm still taking crowdfunding money for Pink Box. It's for adult films. I like. But that's about the easiest thing to enter your home that there is, is that market right now. It's very so. discreet. Okay. It's in a plain uh, brown wrapper. Why are plain brown wrappers so discreet? I don't know. Because we all know you're hiding something in a plain brown wrapper. Well, like, give me an example. What would be, what's something that comes in a plain brown wrapper? Don't you ever hear when they, when you order something or they talk about something, they go, it will be delivered in a discreet brown, discreet brown. Oh, so you're, thanks. You're ordering some dirty stuff. I get it. (laughs) Yes. Um, well, it's discreet. I mean, what's everybody wants to know what's in an unmarked package. I mean, even a Christmas package, you look at it um, and you're like, dang, what is that? You shake it, you feel it, how heavy it is. You squeeze it. Is it soft? Is it hard? Is it a book? I mean, we're all, I mean, there's a, a YouTube channel, I think, where you can just watch people unwrapping gifts. No one, un- no one wraps gifts anymore. It's all gift bags. Oh, no. No, no, no. You're, we do still. We, yeah, we stand but you're by just the cheap. You don't want to buy the gift. You don't want to buy the gift bags, but no, you can no, reuse cr- them though. So you're telling me that children on Christmas morning are getting gift bags. I doubt it. Dags. Christmas is not for children. Who's it for? Hell is for children. According oh. to Pat Benatar. Um, Joker. Are we going to get to it? We are. But as, a- as new listeners know, Powerful stream of consciousness, powerful, go off on tangents, mm-hmm. start talking about a subject, and then forget to start up again. Well, I mean, I'm a joker. I'm a toker. I'm a midnight stroker. I mean, I can't be blamed Whoa. for this, can I? 
Yeah. Whoa. Talk about a plain brown wrapper. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I, I like the, let's get back to Redbox. You don't even have to go to the Redbox anymore. And there's various locations. They make them convenient enough. But, I mean, it's just like DoorDash. Nobody wants to leave our home anymore. And, and it's becoming very, very easy to do with the internet, DoorDash, order movies on demand. Um, it's just we need to hire people to bathe us is the next one. That would be a good market to get into the bathing group we'll come to your house like doordash we'll be an app we'll be the bathers what do you think of that business plan are you you still using car washes to bathe (laughs) not big enough i haven't found a big enough one yet i prefer the touchless ones yeah you don't you're that's why you're ordering all this dirty brown baggy stuff but (laughs) you're still doing the underbody carriage wash (laughs) (laughs) oh it's just kind of yeah it's called a uh dubai or a dubai what do you call that stupid thing that squirts up your bunhole that you love so much the uh um dubai dubai no no No. in australian it's badai badai yeah dubai dubai is a town i'm sorry i'm joker toker midnight stroker uh, Joker got it from the red box talking about how lazy we are. Everybody agrees with me. Um, dry, as if drive through wasn't lazy enough. We've taken it to a next level. We have to have DoorDash. Not damn it. I'm not even going to drive my car anymore. That means I have to actually walk from my couch to the car. So now I'm going to have DoorDash and all I have to do is walk from my couch to my pretty soon DoorDash is going to drop it off at our front door. We're going to be too lazy to go from our couch to our front door. We're going to have to have another company bring it from the door to to no, I, I talked about <laughs> talking about on Twitter. Please follow us at Amish B Machine. Powerful tweets. You are the master at segueing that promotional well, stuff. It's Dick. because it's a talent. The, I, the, mm-hmm. the fans need to know they can hear from me on Twitter at Amish B Machine. But I talked about sitting in the chair, my uh, powerful lazy boy, and having the chuck wagon deliver it right to my chair. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. We yes, but right to my chair, though. You remember yes. chuck wagon, the... The pet food, the dog yes. food? Yes. yes. Powerful. Let me write that down as show notes. Well, Chuck I'm saying we're, we're on the same page, Diggs. I'm saying DoorDash doesn't go far enough. We need them to enter the room. Even if we're in the tub, bring it up to us. No, know? but I don't want humans in, in, the, in my crib. I want powerful. I want a Chuck wagon. What vehicle? I want an RC. Maybe like a, it's kind of like work when you go to work, when I go to the, Powerful food court. I just mm-hmm. want a log flume. That's how I want to get to work. <laughs> but you get all wet toward the end. It's always a, a wet surprise at the bitter end. Ooh. You show up to work wet. Speaking of brown, plain brown wrappers, Johnny Rage, what vehicle would you have? What would you prefer to deliver your food to your chair? How about we, you know, those vacuum cleaners that just those rambas or whatever they are, it will just we'll, <laughs> ramba. We'll, you know, what's so cool about you. And I, I think people probably think this is a whole shtick and act like you say, you have a grind to ax and yeah. get everything screwed up. It's Thank brilliant. You. I know. It's all done deliberately. So people can catch it and go, Oh, I've been saying that expression, grind my ax wrong for years, you know? Um, but yeah, I'd get that Ramba, Boomba, Goomba, whatever it's called. The Roomba. Thank you. You see, you actually have one, so you know the name of it. And um, I don't really give a shit about that thing. I would end up stepping on it. Um, uh, it would be just disastrous in my house. But this thing, we would park it by the door, and then we'd have to teach this Maramba to speak 
DoorDash, please leave bag on top of me. And then it just leaves it on top of me. And then the door shut. And then the saying, gee, just comes over to you. So that's going to be my mode. Let's make those vacuums earn their keep in the house. Here's the okay. deal with the Roombas, though. Yeah. They're horrible because you have to clean your house before you start it up. It's just like having a housekeeping. You have to clean mm. before they'd come over, you know? Well, it's just like your car. Whenever you go to a full-service car wash, what do you end up doing? You end up cleaning it up first before you go in there. Correct. Yeah, so. So yeah, the, no, the Roomba mean, gets hung up on every little wire. It gets rammed into stuff. One day I came home and it was just rammed in the into the kind of the top of the stairs. It got rammed in the little gate up there. I mean, they're, maybe it should have a camera and then I could talk to it and go move over there, but then, then I'd have to get up and. Oh, and there's just, there's just too much time with that. We just want life easy. And if the Roomba can't do his job, then let's get rid of it. There's got to be a better solution. Maybe DoorDash, a DoorDash made. Hey, by the way, when you drop the food off, can you come on in? I got some dishes and shit I got to get done too. <laughs> you want to make some extra money? Um, DoorDash could really think about doing more things for us because we need it. But the problem is when you have food delivered, it's it's cold and it's never at proper temperature. It's never delicious, you know, fresh, oh, fresh out of the oven. They did a survey on DoorDash drivers, and they said that most of them are trying your French fries and your food. So when you get that fries and that Coke and that hamburger, they've actually dipped in there, maybe took a swig of pop and a couple of your fries. You know how that is when you bring food home to the family. The top fry is always the one that you attack. And then when you get home, that's the first one you give away because <laughs> you know it's nowhere near as much as the one on the bottom. No, but I and show I powerful discipline when I eat. What I don't do do? eat. I don't eat anything out of the bag when I go to the drive-through. I I don't is, listen. I'm, listen, I'm no, talking. Listen, that's unheard of. That's unheard of. All right, stop talking. Now listen, I'm going to tell you what I do. I bring it home. I don't eat anything out of the bag. I don't do stand-up eating. I sit down on the chair. I set up shop. You know the remote here, the phone here, everything's set up. And then I commence with the eating. Like you, oh. you do stand up eating. I could see you, you know, you microwave something, you pull it out mm -hmm. of the microwave and you start eating right away. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I, I question your ability. I've always thought during world war two or when we wanted to really, instead of beating people for, for information out of spies, let's put them in a room and bring a bag of French fries and just leave it next to them or Twizzlers licorice, one of the two, and just let the smell permeate into them and say, give us the information. You can have as many fries as you want. And they would just spill their guts because the restraint it would take to not eat that bag of fries or at least one Dags, You can't honestly tell me on your way home from purchasing French fries that you can at least reach into the bag and grab one of those fries. Well, first of all, that would be a uh, torture. We're against that leaving food or Twizzlers next to someone. Mm -hmm. No, I Big have powerful time. discipline. Everyone knows that this is, that's why this is the most powerful podcast ever created. No, I eat the food when I'm set up. I set up shop and I eat the food. I do not eat well, standing. I do not eat any French fries out of the bag while I'm driving. Well, no wonder why your food is always so cold. You've, you've got, 35 minutes of downtime from the point you've picked it up till the point you're actually set up. I never said my food was cold. I said when it's delivered, it's cold. Well, basically what's the difference if you go get it from the drive through and bring it home, it's the same time as if somebody's delivering it to you. I have powerful thermal bags 
My entire oh, car, my entire car is covered in aluminum foil. Let me guess, they're brown bags. <laughs> no, it's powerful. That the aluminum foil protects from powerful EMP attacks. You have all those used brown bags from going to the PO box, getting your stuff, open it up, and then throw the brown bag on the ground, and that's what you're transporting. What's wrong your with that? Food with. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Nothing. Hey, you, 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 you have needs. I get it. Yes, all my know? book covers are made out of those discreet brown wrappers. Now, you know what else would take discipline too? Back in the days when we were kids, I don't know how many people are going to remember this, but one of the first projects you had when you got to school was you had to bring a brown bag from home and you had to cover all your school books so that they would last. These books were already about 65 years old, but they wanted another 65 years out of them. So you would take the brown bag from home and as a class project, now we're going to wrap the, the book in the brown bag. How often, Dags, could you go from not drawing or doodling on that brown bag, the outside book, outside cover of your book? I mean, you were supposed to put on it in big letters, two and a half inches, English, one, and that was it. But as time would go on, there would be little doodlings, uh, math problems figured out, notes to yourself. Or were you one of those kids that was able to, if you're so disciplined with your food, not touching the fries, could you also do that with your brown bag and your books? Well, I had a lot of the fans would sign my books. Powerful signatures. You know, after that, after the brown um, bags, they switched to plastic bags. And now you can't have any bags anymore at the stores because bags are threatening. So I don't know what the kids do. What are you going to do with all the bags into your eyes? Powerful. Ed I got a lot of editing to do. All your corny ass jokes I got to edit out. Now let's get to the Joker. We probably lost half the audience because you haven't gotten to the Joker yet. That was my Joker laugh. Because I'm a Joker. Powerful. I'm a I know. I'm a I know. We heard it. Okay. Um, Diggs. Okay. Let's talk about the Joker. Um, I liked it. If you're going to indict the society of America today with some of the underlying issues that we have, that is a pretty clear definition and illustration of what people say are happening to our country today with shootings, these random or active shooters throughout the schools or wherever they might be. That's bullseye to the problem is that movie. And maybe they were trying to do that with that the bottom line. Um, but when it comes to portraying one of Batman's villains, I didn't like it. Now, what are you talking I, about? Active shooters. I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, today you talk about the active shooters that barge into schools and kill the children, or they're at a Walmart. People say, well, they're mentally, uh, these people suffer from mental illnesses. Okay. Your typical shooter is portrayed as somebody who has a mental illness. What, um, the Joker was going through with how deep it was in the, he was on seven meds. He suffered from depression. He was never a happy a day in his life. That would be what you would think the active shooters are. Their lives were like prior to going out to a school and shooting and killing people. It was an indictment on the society of America and how mental illness is an issue is what I'm getting at. 
And that that pegged it perfectly, if that's your narrative of what you think is happening in America. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Or is this too deep for you? It's really deep. Mm-hmm. I like but you shallow better. As, as, as foreigners who look into America, hear about our shootings and stuff, that would be a nice little storyline watching the Joker. But as a villain to Batman, it was almost too serious, too dark, too doubt, too depressing for my liking for a villain of Batman or a DC. I'm not used to that. We're used to the, the Marvel and the beating each other up. Nobody dying. Um, you have, uh, um, they're here to save the world and, where the Joker was so different from that. It was more of a reflection upon some of the things that we are experiencing today is my bottom line with, with mental illness. Um, so I didn't, I didn't care for it in the terms of a portraying a villain of Batman, if that makes sense to you. Um, the, the guy lived a, lived a tough life. If, and then, and then Dags, at the bitter end, we're led to believe that none of that happened. Why is okay? that? Explain. Um, at the very end, if you recall, he's meeting with a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist and him are talking. And at that point in the movie, that was a point where the the directors and the producers of the film bailed out of the movie and said, but how do we know he just wasn't pouring out his thoughts and none of that really happened. He was just telling a story, his psychotic story of what he would like to see happen, but none of that really happened at all. Just like his girlfriend. His girl, prime examples, girlfriend never really existed, but in his mind it did, but that's how they end the story you're not sure if that really happened or if that was just him at a session just talking about the, the derangements that he suffered and what he thought life was all about. So there's really no clue that, oh, yeah, this guy's a, a villain. He's the Joker. And if he is, why is he caught? He's a terrible villain because he's in handcuffs and he's in, a, in an institution. So... The producers, the director wrote that in the script as, hey, wait a minute, this might not necessarily have all happened. It could have been just a fragment of his imagination. So that's where I have the problem with that movie. Is he a villain or is he just telling us a story that he wishes that he was a villain? Well, we all know the Joker is a true villain. I'm sorry. And I thought... He did a great job acting the part, but I don't like how they portrayed the Joker. It's not like the corny Jokers of the half-hour um, version that was on back in the 60s and 70s that you and I watched. Um, this dude was, an, you know, he was, he was a, a, a psychotic, depressed, mentally handicapped individual. And that was very clear. Um, so... Did you did you like the the dark, depressing side of that film? Well, it's going more for the comic books, The Dark Knight. Heath Ledger was dark. The whole series is dark. It's not campy like the TV show. 
It's more yeah, can't, campy. Campy is the word I was looking for. It's more true to the the comic book series. And that's what I'm saying. You know, I, I'm saying the same thing. That that wasn't how close was that to the to the comic book character versus real life. That's do you do you want to go to a movie and be reminded of all the evils of what's happening in our present day, or do you want to be kind of taken away and forgot about that? To me, that focused on shit. We have some real problems in this culture of ours. Without getting too deep, I know we like to keep these podcasts fun and exciting, but to me, that wasn't a movie where you lost yourself and you did. You, you said, you know, you forgot you had to work the next day. You're kind of going through this thing, like God. I hope I can't wait to get the hell out of here and get to work the next day. Is the feeling that I had during the whole movie. So it was too disturbing for you. Not disturbing. That's a completely different word. Um, the human centipede is disturbing. This was more of a testament to the mental illness in our country. It wasn't a, a villain who was campy and going to seek out, you know, his way to steal money from the bank and try to kill Batman and the proceed, you know, it was just now, now does it set up a great foundation for the next episode? Well, it depends what they do. Well, like, 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 like I said before, for me, it was, uh, the movie was actually very difficult to watch mm-hmm. because there was a guy in front of me with a Cory Booker's hat on. It's very big. Oh. I couldn't look, <laughs> I couldn't see around it. Okay. Thanks. I'm so glad you're bringing a touch of humor in on this because I'm really taking it to a, to a, a layer of, I don't even think you even spotted during this movie, but see, I'm, a, I'm, I'm brilliant when it comes to ingesting these movies and then what I do is I like the back, like when I saw underwater yesterday, I always come home and jump online and read, okay, what were the, what was the director thinking about this, that, and the other thing? Not so much with underwater, but when I saw midsummer, there was some startling and questionable things. And you're like, what, what did that mean exactly? So I always, and I did that with the Joker as well. And then it explains her thought process. And I like to do that with a movie to thoroughly enjoy it understand sometimes you're really disappointed with what you find out you're better off not asking but then other times it pieces it together you go oh yeah that does make a lot of sense now no but the politics i didn't want to get into the politics i mean the politics of the joker they made uh bruce wayne's dad donald trump you know they talked about resisting the the three guys on the train that Mm -hmm. was supposed to be the bernard getz shooting in the 80s except Mm -hmm. this time they made they made the one guy look like Eric Trump. You know, they just mm-hmm. happen to be Wall Street people. Mm-hmm. So I, the whole, the politics, they infuse the politics on everything. I, I try to ignore that and just mm-hmm. talk, you know, just talk about it as a straight movie. What I want to know about the Joker is in the, in the comic books, in the movies, Heath Ledger, you know, he's a brilliant mastermind, criminal mastermind. And I don't see this character as being a brilliant criminal mastermind he was just a mentally ill guy and then he finally snapped right so do you do you see how this will transition into some because batman is the ultimate detective he's brilliant he's not only good at hand-to-hand combat he has no superpowers he just has a powerful utility belt but one of his great powers is he's incredibly intelligent okay that's why i never bought batman versus superman because in a true fight Superman would kick the shit out of Batman, hands down. Yeah, that's you know, well. The way they made it is that he was so smart that you know he he'd have workarounds. You know, 
It's right. kind of like he, uh, it's kind of like fighting a grizzly bear. You know, you can mm-hmm. kill the grizzly bear. The grizzly bear is way more powerful, but you outthink it. Well, but it's kind of like a movie coming out, Godzilla versus King Kong. Well, to me, it's like that's a no-brainer. Godzilla would kick the shit out of King Kong. How and how is a gorilla going to outthink? Godzilla. Godzilla, remember, he put him up. He put up his dukes. I mean, this guy knew fighting. I, I mean, he knew boxing. But He's to be fair, his... though, he has a reptilian brain, and the gorilla has a powerful gorilla brain. Right, but but Godzilla can breathe fire on Godzilla or on King Kong. Game over. I mean, atomic to, breath. Yeah. So how do we? How does a big gorilla fight Godzilla? I mean, a gorilla can come within thirty feet, and uh, he's done. So, but it's going to be really interesting because. That's coming out in May. We didn't talk about that on our last podcast, but we'll save that for later, Dags. But yes, I asked you that question weeks ago, even months ago. I get this movie, but how is it going to translate to the next movie? Will he even get the part for the next movie? Can he? Yeah, you said he's not a crafty individual. He basically was a deranged psychopath that just shot people. There doesn't take much to that. There's no brilliance in robbing uh, the bank of, uh, Gotham city other than, um, brute force. Um, the, the Joker on the, the, the campy 30 minute episode, he was more of a thinker as well. You know, he planned Batman's demise and for some reason, Batman always could get out of it with his shark repellent or whatever it was, you know, but we'll see, uh, we'll see. This is a, I mean, definitely he's a great actor. It was uh, gritty. You didn't like it. You like horror movies, though. Those I like horror. Horror. Yes. Because you think they're cartoony, and that's why it doesn't bother you. And this one hit home too much for you. It was too real. Well, no, I wouldn't consider this a horror movie at all. No, no. I'm you saying know? you like you love horror films. Mm-hmm. And they're disturbing, and people get killed, and everything. Mm-hmm. But this one, you thought it was too much real life, and that's why you didn't like it? Well, no. If you were to take the fact that he was the Joker out of this and he was just an ordinary guy. Hey, this is Bob Jones and the story of Bob Jones. I think it's a great movie, but with the element of him supposed to be the Joker, the arch enemy of Batman, I didn't like it. I, I don't think they did a good job. He's too, too sick and deranged to be a formidable appoint, oppo- opponent against Batman. But that's what he is in the comic book. So you're just used to the TV show. You, you, what, you don't read comics. He- what is he in a comic book? He's a deranged killer, like like you said. Well, I mean, aren't they all deranged killers? I mean, to be a killer, you would have to be deranged. No, not necessarily. Okay. I mean, how about a hitman? A hitman, it's nothing personal. He's just picking up a paycheck. No, so he's I'm painting. Sa- so I'm he's saying pa- he's he's painting walls, isn't he? He paints houses. Oh yeah, houses, walls, same thing. Powerful. He also has grinds to axe too. Yes. And he has a powerful shear to him. But I think we disagree about this topic, Diggs, but I, I encourage people to go see it. I think for a movie, you're definitely not wasting your time and you're going to have to see how, you know, as the average person, how do they respond to it? I know it's done phenomenal at the box office. I know Joaquin is, you know, uh, uh, likely going to win an Academy award for it, for it. Um, how did you think Robert De Niro did very generic? Uh, anybody could have done that role. You didn't need, I don't matter of fact, I didn't like him in that role because I don't see him as really a com- true comedian. So I think that they missed, uh, mispegged him for that role. I would have liked to have seen somebody else. 
Well, the that movie was kind of a homage to King of Comedy and uh, the gritty Martin Scorsese films. Mm-hmm. That's why they had him in there in New York. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for his role in there, though. How about you? What did you think? I didn't think it was bad. I mean, it wasn't yeah. great. It was just De Niro being De Niro. So this powerful movie, The Joker, how many buggy wheels are you giving it? As it represents the Joker himself, I'm going to say a one and a half. Now, why do you, now, it, let me just cut in there right now. Why, why do you have such a hard time? Because you just think Cesar Romero to you and that's the Joker? I mean, are you thinking more? I think the Joker has to be a little more kind of swashbuckling, Errol Flynn-esque. Uh, I'm not down on my luck. I'm misfit. I'm not completely worthless. I'm not getting the shit kicked out of me constantly. I put the shit kicking down type attitude. But this is his very early beginnings, so maybe I have a little bit of that. So I want to see the Joker in a little more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Is debonair? Is that a word to describe it? All these I words want... are powerfully incorrect. Well, thank you. But, 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 you know, you don't have to tell people that because people will just go, gosh, this guy's brilliant. I never knew it meant that. I know. You know it's all, it's I'm all teaching shtick. people. I'm teaching people a whole new vocabulary. No, but I, think, I don't know why you're hung up on your interpretation of the Joker. You haven't read any of the comic books. You don't know what the Joker is. The Joker is just the television Cesar Romero to you. That's I mean, the that, Joker I want. Yeah, that'd just but, be but, like, but, but that'd, that's that'd not, be just okay. like, Heath on, Ledger wasn't like that. Hold on, Heath Ledger wasn't like that. Finish. So you like the Heath Ledger Joker? Well, but it was a different time in Joker's life if this is going to the very beginning of how he started. So it's hard to compare the two. But yeah, I like that version better. He was a badass. Came into that meeting with all those badasses and said, hey, this is the law of the land. He's, he's one guy against 10. They said, we're going to fucking kill you. Kick your ass. No, you're not. I got all these grenades. So and the one it was guy, just like uh, with the pencil, the magic trick. Exactly. It was just like Robert De Niro and the Untouchables with the baseball Ex bat. Exactly. He was a bat. Joker was a badass. And and that's what I want to see the Joker do. Put the beat down on, you know? So, well, yeah, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. I'm sorry. It's 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 just since I've been a child, I've been just it's something deep seated in me days, and I just kind of revealed it here. What is that? Know, the fact that uh I wear women's clothing. Oh, did I say that? I'm sorry. Different, different topic. Embrace it. Yeah, I know. We're accepting I know. here. I know we are. This is a judgment-free zone, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast, the most powerful podcast ever created. We love everyone. Everyone's welcome. It's a powerful space for you to hang out and have a good time. I agree. Now let's get into underwater. Okay. Um... Great movie. I think it's Kristen Stewart was the lead in this one. I didn't realize this. She was like one of the top, top grossing actresses back in the early 2000s. Um, she was, this movie didn't do so well at the box office. Uh, also, she was in Charlie's Angels. That didn't do so well at the box office. Is but she in the twilight of her career? It could be, <laughs> Dags. Cute. That's really cute. That's when she was making the most money and she's back then. Um, I'm not used to you getting my jokes that threw me off. 
Yeah, but usually your jokes aren't jokes; they're just personal reflections of your pathetic life. Um, wow! So, but yeah, maybe yeah. I should turn into yeah. a joker. Well, you already are a joker. Everybody thinks you, you're just. I'm, I'm, how would I take you out? <laughs> I I don't know. Probably stuff uh, cookies down my throat or what? No, that's that's not torture. Oh, so you just keep giving them to you until you explode? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be like a way Mr. to do Creosol? it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Anyway, what, what, what I underwater? Uh, it's a movie you don't have to think about. It relaxes you. It's entertaining and it scares you. It hits every mark that I want like at a movie. Okay. What I really liked about the movie is it starts out. Boom. Trouble starts right away. Cold start. Powerful. We didn't have to set up the characters. We didn't have to hear about this guy. How he's getting married soon. The other one had two kids on the way. The other one is a homekeeper. Misses his, misses his boyfriend who's off. No, we didn't need to set the, the character setup was not there. That happened as the movie went along, but shit hits the fan right out of the gates. And I really liked that. And basically it's about a company that's doing some underwater drilling. They never say what they're drilling for. I don't know if they're drilling to get to the bottom of the earth, but I don't know why they want to just bought that fancy submarine that they had. Remember that the voyage to the middle of the earth movie, whatever that was called. Was it a yellow submarine? They had the drill bit in front of it and they just kept boring deeper and deeper into the, to the earth. It was that 50 sci-fi movie, but they're drilling to the bottom of the earth through the ocean though. Dags. And they're going to depths never before even being realized by the scientific community. So they're, they're stumbling upon all kinds of shit. And one of them in particular is this alien like creature. That's, do you call it an alien if it's from the depths of the ocean or is that reserved for just the heavens above? I think you could call it an alien because it's unknown to man. So therefore it's alien no matter where it comes from. Correct? No, I'm going to no. say no. Why? I'll just keep going. We already okay. went off topic a thousand times. I love it, though. We should call this the Amish off-topic machine. Um, Powerful. Powerful yeah. machines. So anyway, they, they are supposedly an earthquake hits, some seismic activity, and it destroys the, there's seven miles below sea level, or below surface, I'm sorry. And they've got this um, base all set up and everything else, and Earthquake hits, and of course, it breaks apart the the um, vessels that they're in seven miles down, and shit hits the fan. They gotta hurry up and and get out of one section over to a safer section. It's that typical thing where uh, two people make it, and two people are running down the tunnel. The water's behind them, but they gotta close the hatch, and you know exactly what's gonna happen. Hurry! You know, one guy's yelling, "Hurry!" The other person, "We gotta shut it." We got a shot and you're looking at those poor bastards. Are they going to make it? Are they not going to make it? Hurry, hurry. We got to close it. And then gunk too late. They close the door on them. And of course they grab the glass behind and they're panicked and burp, shit hits a the fan. They're gone. That's basically how it opens up. And then they just kind of, the, the, the lone survivors just kind of have to work their way through this wreckage and figure out how they're going to get, uh, to someplace safe because you're seven miles below sea level. It's not like you can just send a submarine down there within minutes to go save these people. So they kind of work their way through this base camp and, and they decide the best way to get out of there is there are pods, which will shoot them 
which was very similar to if you ever saw the movie Life. They use these pods to escape uh, their misfortunes up on the, the, the station that they had up around Mars. Uh, it reminded me of a couple different movies. It reminded me of Life. It reminded me of Aliens. It reminded me of the Will Smith movie where he is playing the Omega Man. It's not called the Omega Man. Dags, do help me. I've got old man, uh, can't remember. I want um, you to think. Think of what the name of the movie was. Oh, boy, here comes the smoke. Here comes the smoke. Um, let me just read this, though, because this sums it up pretty good. Stuart actually plays a gal by the name of Nora, and she's one of a small band of survivors after, like I said, an earthquake. Um on the ocean floor that destroys their deep sea mining site. Okay. All of the escape pods are damaged. So the survivors must hike across the sea floor to a different part of the mining site in hopes of finding working escape pods. Well, in doing this, that's when they encounter these very fearful dags, very fearful monsters, or I can't call them aliens. You said sea creatures. They're fearful of the humans. No, 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 no. They were very fearful. I was fearful of these creatures. Oh. Okay. Okay. These were not fearful of, of humans. They were not. But you they, said they're fearful. They're very fear, fearful. When I'm looking at them, I'm very full of fear. Is that the proper word? No, not at all, but carry on. Okay. But you understood what I didn't mean to say. Yeah, but you know what's funny? The more I do shows with you, the dumber I get. Good. That's the goal. My vocabulary. I'm losing vocabulary. <laughs> I mean, it's horrible. Well, get a get one of those words of the day then. Okay. And uh, K. I got to start saying K that more. K. 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 So. So. Hey, you wanted that 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 campy Minnesota talk? Huh? I did. I did. I'll give it to you. Up there. But anyway, so they have to walk across the ocean floor, and keep in mind there's seven miles deep under sea see that's Could the you... problem they're that deep but they're just in little uh fake space suits they'd be instantly yeah. crushed well no because this is high technology it's a time we're not aware of and um one does get it's pretty cool though because there's a couple of them like scotty what... says you can't change the laws of physics yeah but there's a couple of them where that happens they're they're underwater and all of a sudden the pressure gets to be too much and i don't know why it would for one of the suits and not the other ones other than the suit might have had a minor crack to begin with but the one guy sitting there and all of a sudden you can hear like scratching glass and cracking glass and it's happening to his mask and pretty soon the the, the crack gets bigger and bigger and then the dude just explodes around everybody because of what that pressure of all that um the weight of the water would do to you at that exactly at that he location implodes or explodes both both things. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the verbiage expert here. Okay. You really are. He implodes and then he explodes. Um, so, you know, it didn't get the best reviews from some, uh, some movie reviews, but I really enjoyed it. It, it, it was short. Um, yes, they did steal probably from aliens, some of the stuff, but this was an underwater feel for, for what could happen. It reminded me also of a movie on Netflix where they also tapped into a part of the world that unleashed this beast that then attacked mankind, but that was above surface. So the thought isn't new by any stretch. 
but they've got that actor in there, Diggs, who is in Deadpool, the bartender. He's a comedian. Um, yes, TJ Miller. TJ Miller. He brought sense of humor into it, but I don't do you like him as an actor. You know, I here's the thing with him. He's been he did a lot of weird stuff outside of his acting. So just pure comedic. I think he's funny. I could see how he's obnoxious and people don't think he's funny. But I think mm-hmm. as as a little, you know, side dude, I think he's funny. Yeah. And and you know, that's one thing about Deadpool movies I don't like is he tries to be funny every single line. I mean, I get humor and comedy and stuff and how you enter it in, but not incessant humor. To me, that that borders kind of obnoxious. And that's his role in this movie. He borders a little bit of not obnoxious because that's definitely why they brought him in. Okay, you're going to be the humor guy and the humor guy only. Okay, we get that, but it's not always humorous when faced with the the survival um, that you're, 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 you're going to have to, you know, try to survive the situation. It's not going to be that humorous. So, so, so when you're talking about Deadpool, you're talking about Ryan Reynolds, humor? Ryan or? Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Yeah. But the, once again, you didn't read the comic book. That's his whole thing. That's his shtick. I, okay. But it doesn't mean that the comic book, because I didn't read it, I can't still have my opinions on what I like and dislike. No, so, I, I understand, but it's true. Yeah. It's true to the comic book. You just don't like that comic book character. No, no, I think Deadpool, the first one was very good. The second one to me was obnoxious. I'm like, okay. Well, here's the the thing with Deadpool, and we talked about that before, about superheroes not getting hurt. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do to them, so they shouldn't even have any action in there. Just have it a straight comedy, because, you know, the drama part is stupid, and I agree the second one was dumb. All right, let me ask you a powerful question then. Go ahead. So TJ Miller's role in this, is it like Bill Paxton's role in Aliens, where he's the funny? Did you think Bill Paxton was funny in Aliens? Not to the length of uh, this TJ fella. Um, he had some memorable lines, but... Um, what, what were some of the lines that you thought were funny? From what? From this movie. It's not not so much lines, but it's how he responded to his commander. For example. Uh, Oh, boy. You're asking for detailed days. You know I'm not good with detail. No, the reason I just set you up because you said they're memorable and you don't remember. Well, they're memorable and you're supposed to leave it at that. (laughs) Okay. You don't question the great and powerful Oz. But he had a – but, I mean, just take it for its face value of what I tell you. Um he brought the comedic sense back to the movie and I didn't care for it to that length. Um, just like going back to the Joker too. If you remember after he went on his killing spree, he was in the police car and they're going to bring him back to, to uh, the jail for processing. They played that tune. It's a, it's a very, again, I don't remember. Do you remember that song that was played while he was in the back of the cop car? Off the top of my head? No. Okay. I didn't like that song at that particular moment. To me, it was a very somber, very depressing point in his life and for the movie. And that almost made it more like Forrest Gumpish. Should I look like, it up? Wow. Here? Huh? Should I look it up? If you can, do it. All right. Let's but, see. But the people were in the streets protesting. They were wearing their clown masks. Wow, look at this guy. He understands us. And there was civil unrest. 
but it, it, it took me to like a, it's like, wait a minute. Now this feels more force gumpish. We're doing this, the soundtrack all of a sudden for not an appropriate time in the movie to have that particular song. And then of course the ambulance hits the police car, um, knocks the Joker out. And then the two clowns literally come out of the, uh, ambulance. And then the music changes to a more somber, uh, I'm for lack of better expression, uh, uh, serious, um, kind of says shit's hitting the fan and we're here to, to help the Joker type of type of background music versus what it was prior to everything that would led up to that. God, I'm just really hitting it today. Aren't I digs on these, these reviews, but powerful reviews. There's uh there's too many songs. I'm, I'm not going to waste time looking it up. Mm-hmm. So underwater world, getting back to that or not underwater world. Isn't that the one with Kevin Costner underwater world? Um, but, uh, no, it's water world. Same thing. By the way, I did say implode digs only because I said that because he kind of blew apart inside of his suit. Okay. So that's more of an implode than an explode. So he kind of imploded at first and then exploded. So thanks for explaining. So, you bet. But great movie. Um, the, notice that the bells in the background, if I'm talking about a good movie, it gets the bell award. And the bell tolls over here are telling you, bells up for underwater. And um, and also the bells, also um, if you want to imagine Johnny Rage, right now he's eating a big plate of penny pasta. Not yet, but as soon as this powerful podcast is done, I'm getting after it. No, but you sampled it. it, just like the French fries. Exactly. I mean, we that's you have to. It's cold. You want to taste it. Is this what I really want? It was from yesterday, but I mean, who denies pasta the next day? That's when it's even better. French fries are not better the next day. French fries are instantly, bam, you got to have them. Even an hour later, it's like, I'm not eating that thing. So, so. Powerful. Johnny Rage and his plate of penne pasta with a meat sauce, with a meat gravy. Powerful penne pasta to warm you up stuff. on this cold in Minnesota here. Minnesota, yeah. K. It's Kay. freezing. K. It's below zero. Oh man, it's cold. It's so cold. My hands are actually in the pockets of the government today. As this show goes, as this podcast progresses, your comedy gets even more. I'm sorry, less powerful. God bless you, Johnny Rage. Thank you. Thanks. It's a pleasure. And we're going to end this powerful podcast tonight. Just imagine Johnny Rage stuffing his face with a powerful plate of powerful pasta. We want to thank everyone that listens to this powerful episode. We hope you had a good time tonight, today, whenever you're listening. Please tell a friend about our powerful podcast through word of mouth, as Ron Popeil says, or on your social media. Make sure to follow us at Amish Bee Machine on Twitter, Amish Baby Machine on YouTube. Subscribe and listen. Like our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram. And I even have some videos up on TikTok. We're everywhere. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine 
Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.